Hello everyone and welcome to Spirituality Without the Bullshit, uh, my new podcast. We are now on episode two. I know it's taken a little while to get here, but we are here and I'm here with the lovely Claire Ford, who is going to introduce herself because she will do it so much better than me. Hi, Claire. Hi, Natty. It is lovely, lovely to be here. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Um, so my name is Claire Ford. I'm an expert educator with over 20 years experience working with families in the education and parenting sector. And the thing that I'm passionate about is really getting kids switched on, motivated and re-engaged in their learning so that they are not only academically successful, but they are also confident and fulfilled and happy. That is what I do. <laughs> that sounds amazing. How, how long did you practice that for? That last feel? <laughs> that is so much more polished than what I say to people. <laughs> no, that's the first time it's come out like that, actually. <laughs> ah, there we go. We're tapped into the intuitive channel today. We, we have the magic <laughs> already. Um, so one of the things that I am really interested in and why I invited you on here, when we first met um, during like one of the GTEx meetings, it piqued my interest because you mentioned about working with children and teens with spiritual gifts, so with psychic abilities. Um, as you know, that is kind of what I do working with adults. So I work with people to open their psychic abilities, find their healing gifts. And honestly, if someone came to me and said, I have um, like a child or a young teenage daughter who's opening up these gifts and how did they develop them? I would crap my pants because I know that young people are a lot more vulnerable. I wouldn't want to implant things and I'd just quite be scared about approaching that. So I would love to know how you deal with that. <laughs> Yes, well, I mean, you know, it's no, there's no one size fits all, obviously, but let me give you an example, for example, let me give you an example of a young lady who springs to mind whose name is Hannah. Hannah uh, is a really good friend of my son Oscar's, so Oscar used to invite Hannah and her friends over, and they would go to a very good grammar school and all of that, and it's all very traditional, 500 years, I think, my God, I think some of the teachers haven't left in all that time, but anyway, that's a conversation for another day. Anyway, they used to come over and um you know be chatting about things and uh i could see that they were opening up their interest in their spirituality and so i would introduce you know some goddess cards and then another time we'd talk about crystals and another time we talk about sage and then i noticed that hannah was really getting into tarot right now i don't have a problem with tarot per se but what I realized was the reason behind why she was getting into tarot was like many, many of us, uh, even adults now, you know, when we are at some kind of crossroads in our lives, we look outside ourselves for answers. And what Hannah was doing is she was using tarot cards as a way of getting answers as a way of should I go out with this person or this person am I going to do well in my exams right have, have I got good relationship with my mother whatever she was looking outside herself for answers and so here's what I did I actually developed a beginner's tarot course for teens but where they could understand like Hannah said at the end of this course she said oh my goodness she said I learned so much more than just tarot like just what the tarot cards mean because what I was actually the message I was getting across really was that all these things are just a reflection of your intuition and of your energy at the time that you're asking the question. And so what Hannah realized was that she was empowered to find the answers, whether it was through tarot, through energy healing, through crystals, through X, Y, Z, fluffy, you know, <laughs> fluffy boogaloo unicorns or whatever, 
The point is the answers came from within. She learned yes. <laughs> to tap into her intuition. So when we were going through the course and she said, oh, you know, is this the right, is this the right interpretation of the cards or whatever? I said, well, you know, follow your guides, follow your intuition. What's your intuition telling you when you're looking at the spread with this next to this? Like, what's the story that's coming up for you? And then that's what we discussed. So all these things are just tools. They're not the answer. They're just little gateways. They're little ways to unlock your intuition so that you begin to start to listen to it and that's what she learned and that's the kind of thing I teach teenagers so that also they feel safe like I told her about uh not giving your gifts away for free like I said to her listen in the lunch in the lunch hour don't just offer to read someone's tarot cards right like that's not good that's not honoring the process that's not honoring the process that's not actually taking it seriously. That's not creating a safe space. You're not holding the space for somebody if you're telling them something which you're intuitively guided to tell them, but they're not in the right place to hear. Like you have to really respect these processes. And that's what she realized was that the power of this work, the power of stepping into this spiritual path, right? There is a responsibility that goes with it. It's not just all, you know, let's all wear purple and have sparkly glittery cheeks. Right, you yes, know lovely. how I feel about that. Right, <laughs> lovely, we love sparkly. In fact, I got my son some glitter for his birthday for a festival, but it's more it's more than that it is about holding the space it is about taking responsibility it is about setting an intention it is about understanding why you're doing what you're doing and knowing what questions to ask and knowing how to interpret the answers that's the thing and that's the thing that i teach young people that's amazing that's a really really good grounded way of going about it um i think when I've thought about it before I've been worried of for example because obviously my brain goes straight to the out there stuff because I go from my own experience that okay what would I say for example to a parent who came to me and said my child thinks there's a ghost in the house um, especially if that parent is someone who is completely um, kind of closed to spiritual ideas or and they think that there's maybe something wrong with the child maybe a mental health issue or something that for me is such a sticky area to navigate I would love your opinions on on kind of the more out there stuff that kids may come out with because they are a lot more connected and how you might navigate a, a parent and and also advice for parents out there listening who may have children that are very sensitive to energies like that yeah absolutely um you know i love that question and the thing is you know they say don't they you know babies and animals are more are more uh, connected and can see ghosts and often you see that with babies you know when they're absolutely spellbound looking in the corner of a room and there's when we look with our naked eye there's nothing there and you're like you know gosh what's held their attention and it might be that they are like seeing something right there's there, there's nothing wrong with that um yeah i mean this happened to me when my son was little before I was perhaps, um, you know, more consciously aware than I am now. But, you know, my dad passed away probably about 11 years ago. So my eldest son would have been around seven, mm-hmm. seven years old. And um, he was very close to his granddad. They used to play trains and all of that. And um, so he was very sad, you know, and, and we had to have conversations around that and helping him through his grief. But 
there were days where um, I would talk to him and he would say, um, you know, um, granddad came to visit me today, right? Now, I knew because I've done my own energy healing and transformational journey and spiritual development, that didn't freak me out. But I appreciate why that could freak some parents out. But here's the way that I handled it, right? Instead of being freaked out, instead of going, don't talk rubbish, that can't be true, which is what some people's initial response is probably going to be, just take a breath and think, even in your head, if you're thinking, oh, my God, this is freaky, just take a breath, right? Because it's really important that 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 child is acknowledged and heard, okay? So, and then all you can do, what you can do, three simple words to remember, tell me more, and then you just shut up. (laughs) yeah and you listen right you listen because if it's outside your understanding but your child's accessing these things it's not outside their understanding and in order to understand and help them through it better you need to hear more let them teach you right don't try and put your limiting beliefs and understanding onto them So if they say something like, my son said, oh, you know, granddad visited me last night, even though in your logical brain, you're thinking, well, that can't happen because we buried him a year ago. In your your heart, just come from the heart and say, oh, that's interesting, darling, tell me more. Yeah. And then they'll tell you, oh, yes, I asked him a question. And then we've actually got a photo of granddad in his room and when alex was going through some difficult times um and you know some some times of high stress and anxiety i would actually say to him you know you can always ask granddad for support you can always ask granddad to come and help you and that gave him a lot of comfort now whether i personally believed in that or not to be honest with you is absolutely irrelevant yeah I think a lot of people, um, I'm not a parent, so I'm just, this is just my opinion. I think that a lot of people, when they are parents, um, they see spirituality and things like um, spirits and stuff, the same as they would see like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, for example, and that they would maybe worry that they wouldn't want to damage their child by kind of encouraging past a certain age, allowing them to believe that certain things are real. Um, when I know that in the age that we are at the moment with the massive awakenings that are going around the planet more and more people are realizing that actually it's all just energy um it is real you can choose your own reality um and this is going to happen a lot more frequently um i think it's just trying to get that message out there to people it's okay to be supportive and to not try and like you said not try and impart their own sort of views and opinions and just let their child's uh, abilities, gifts, whatever, grow on their own. Um, I think a lot of people as well, they think, oh, it's just something, it's a phase, they'll grow out of it. So just let them explore it. (laughs) Yeah, and here's the other thing as well, Natty, what sometimes people do is they're like, oh my goodness, I'm afraid to go there because I don't know the answers myself. This This is a real thing that happens with parenting and especially educating your children at home that I've noticed. So many, so many parents have gone into that uh, that lack, right? Gone into the worthless, gone into yeah. the, um, I, you know, and you know, with this spirituality, even if it's a path you haven't gone down yourself, and your child is saying things like this that you don't understand. Like I say, use those three magic words. Tell me more. And then, if you don't understand or if you don't know, it's absolutely okay to say that. 
right? Learning is a lifelong journey. Yeah. We don't have to have all the answers. This is why the children have come into our lives. This is what I think, right? They've come into our lives to teach us. And so if they're triggering us, if they're asking us questions we don't understand, if they're taking us on a journey we haven't been down, that's why they're here. Yeah. Same with soulmates. They are they are soulmates just incarnated from us, aren't they? <laughs> so you, go, you go on this, you go on this learning journey together. I call it the shoulder, the shoulder to shoulder approach. That means yeah. we're walking side by side down that path, right? And you know, your child might be observing something on the path, you might be observing something else on the other side of the path. Still walking that path together and having that conversation where you're co-creating together. And this is where the beauty and the magic comes. So it's okay as a parent to not know it's okay to step your foot into unknown waters into unknown territory with your child and say well that's really interesting let's explore that what do you want to find out but meet them where they're at you know don't try and suddenly explain you know the seven universal laws and the seven chakras and the auras and the past lives and <laughs> shadow work and everything else when all they've said is you know granddad came to visit me last night yeah right you know that doesn't have to be all in one conversation yep or at all you could just pick and choose what bits you learn <laughs> I think that's I think that's really good as well that um it can be something that brings you together and something beautiful that you share uh, I actually did have a, a 13 year old client um from last year who she is absolutely amazing she is such a powerful uh, psychic I did a healing session on her and guided her into a shamanic journey and the second time I did a healing on her I put my hands on her head I started channeling energy and she said my tiger's back I'm on his back. I'm going here. I'm going there. And I, all I did was guide her and she was straight in there. Um, and since she's been able to kind of do it herself and it's something that her mum didn't understand about, but because of that first energy session, she came to me for anxiety because of that first energy session, having such a complete change on her, um, her it then opened up her mum's eyes to kind of the possibilities and they now learn about it together. They got some cards for her birthday Great. that they can they play with um, and just playing around and keeping it lighthearted and not keeping it too heavy, which I think is something that everyone can do, regardless of whether you want to see yourself as spiritual or not. Again, it's that spiritual stigma that I always come back to that I didn't want to be associated with all that stuff and adverted comments for those who aren't watching the video. Um, I think a lot of people kind of feel like that, regardless of how you feel about spirituality. Um, these gifts, this energy that children are bringing through and these awarenesses are something really amazing that could bring you together and make you stronger as a family and just, yeah, kind of a journey that you can share as well. So I completely yeah. agree with all yeah. of that. <laughs> I mean, here's another example. A mum contacted me the other day and she's got some quite small children. She'd obviously been locked down for a year and a half. She was absolutely frazzled, right, on her knees. She was like, can you teach my children mindfulness and meditation? Right. And I was thinking about this and we had a bit more of a conversation. And like with most parenting things, you know, what we see reflected back to us is the stuff we need to work on. Right. So I said to her, do you know what? I said, five year olds are masters at mindfulness and meditation. They don't need to learn mindfulness and meditation. I said, what we need to do is we need to sit down and observe what they're doing. And then we learn mindfulness and meditation from them. 
<laughs> right? You mean because, because they're so absorbed in everything that they exactly, do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you just say go off and play and and you know you don't give them a task to do, they'll find something to do and they'll just be absorbed in it and they'll be pushing it then they'll be telling themselves little stories and sorting things out and building things and making things and oh whole world's going on. Right? Yeah. Without adult interference. See, I just then slipped into a misconception that so many other people do. When you said mindfulness and meditation, I pictured little kids lined up on the floor, cross-legged, closing their eyes. Exactly what I tell people when they say to me, and I say, that's not what it means. Find your own definition. I instantly went, oh, that's why I said interesting. I was like, five-year-olds being masters of mindfulness and meditation. It's so bad, these like pre-programmed <laughs> and things that we have from society of meditation is like a buddha sitting in a forest yeah. with their legs crossed or whatever yeah. i mean it can, it can be it can, it can be yeah can be it can be dancing it can be like i said building that's lego right. Ooh, talk about being absorbed in something that absolutely <laughs> that's mindful right there and you know the thing is i'm doing actually a, a course coming up soon mindfulness uh, mindset meditation and movement for kids and Amazing. they we're not going to be asking them to sit cross-legged to meditate they make their own meditations they're going to be um movement meditations you can do them standing up if you want to right like what yeah. best way if you're meditating about a tree why would you want to sit down do you see any trees that are sitting down? <laughs> Brilliant. We don't need to meditate to sit down. Um, so uh, we're doing, and then the movement piece, and you mentioned this before, the movement piece, we're using the elements. We're using air, earth, fire, water to yeah. embody that in the energy centers, you know, and the children do this. They love moving. They love, they love all this stuff. They can do all this stuff. When you untap this, they're like, they're easily being water and fire. And, you know, yeah. it's the grown-ups. They're like, oh, am I doing it wrong? You know. They're so disconnected. I mean, that that's actually uh, just triggered an interesting thought point in my head that I believe that the work you're doing is so important and and other people that are working with children and why it's so important to encourage this like we see on the planet what's happening at the moment with adults who have been closed off their whole lives going through awakenings past trauma breakdowns having to be medicated leaving work losing families losing jobs losing houses all because of all of the blocks they've let themselves have because someone told them when they were a child that that's fake, that's wrong, don't believe in it. This is how society works. Spirituality is bollocks. Ghosts don't exist. Past lives don't exist. All of this. So I think it's really important that we encourage children to keep this openness, to keep this connection so that they don't get into, frankly, the shitstorm that we're in right now in the and next that's, generation. That's exactly what happened to me, Natty. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly uh, I would love to hear about your awakening, all actually. Things, all those things, well, you've just told the story, to be honest. <laughs> so basically, I was a spiritual child and, uh, you know, I saw auras. I was connected with nature. Um, you know, I considered myself a starseed, so I was always stargazing. I felt connected with the planets and the universe and all of that. And um, I remember very clearly one day out in the summer, it was in the 1970s, there was a heat wave. So I remember there was loads of buzzy insects and loads of stuff going on, ladybirds everywhere and, you know, things you don't see anymore now, which is a bit weird, like scarab beetles and stuff. Anyway, there's loads wow. going on in the garden and I was fascinated with all these things and I remember being really intensely 
uh, well, being mindfully involved in, in connecting with nature, really. And then, uh, you know, my mum called me inside for, for tea or something like that. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to go. Like, and I was like, no, right, Claire, come on in. And it's like, right, that spell was broken. And I think I was trying to show her something. I was trying to show her, like, this colour around a tree. She came out to find me. She's like, oh, don't be so stupid. Don't be so stupid. There's nothing there, right? And just like that. Nothing. Just like that, it's gone. And it's like, come in and do your times tables. <laughs> All right? It's like, whew, okay. Fit yourself so, in this square box. That's right. Mm -hmm. So from then on, uh, took the typical route that many, many spiritual light worker people my age have take, taken, which is to become a people pleaser, to do the right thing, to be the good girl, to work oh. hard, all the inverted commas coming in there, um, you know, and to get the grades, uh, to go to university, to get the husband who ends up being, you know, an ex-husband, we won't <laughs> go down that road too much, um, you know, to have the 2.4 children, um, to end up doing the career that pleases everybody to get the burnout to have the suicidal thoughts to have the two-year depression and anxiety where I had to reconnect with my spiritual self in order to heal yeah exactly what you said so how did that over those couple of years how did that um look for you obviously everyone listening has probably heard my story a million times you've heard my story before mine was very much in a very very short space of time extreme going from no awareness of anything to oh look i'm channeling a spirit oh i'm doing a psychic healing oh there's an alien like yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. was yeah. yours quite as as fast and extreme as that or did it was it something that slowly opened up um i think what it was i was always interested in you know um I think it was called New Age, right, wasn't it? A few years ago, it was, you know, so I was like, oh, you know, the incense and the, the jewelry and the yoga. And it's kind of like always had kind of a foot, like whenever there was a, a festival or something, I'd go and get my palm read or I'd go and get something done, right? I always yeah. wanted to sort of have a little go at something. Um, and so to access all of that didn't feel too hard um, but what happened was I ended up, like anybody, uh, certainly here in the Western Hemisphere, you know, with the depression, going to the doctors, getting the antidepressants, getting the sleeping tablets, doing all of that. None of that working, right, really. Uh, um, it kind of like kept me alive, I guess, just, but... Um, existing. Existing, you know, just everything dampened down and just, that yeah, yeah. Middle couldn't frequency, even, isn't it? Yeah, Pops couldn't even... Gone. Yeah, eating cardboard, like whatever, just nothing. Um, so I went to an energy healer and she charged me a phenomenal amount of money. And I was like, what? But anyway, she did all her stuff, which I didn't really know what it was. And she was taking all the baggage off and she was like clearing all the stuff out and rebalancing x y and z and doing whatever she did and i felt absolutely exhausted at the end of it here's the thing just a little aside anybody who goes for energy healing you know natty and i are both energy healers doesn't mean you come out feeling amazing <laughs> like it's work right stuff you might get migraines you might burst into tears you might get back pain and then you might feel better just a little word of advice anyway so i came out from this thing going like oh my god like whew, what was all that about and that started to shift something in me where i then went to like a coaching thing which was about you know 
um, that you take responsibility for your life. So it was that. Um, and then because I couldn't go to work, I was too ill to work. I actually retrained as a, a Reiki healer because somebody had said to me once when they read my palms, they were like, you know, and they take the photo, you know, of your aura and it's got all this aura there. Oh, you're a healer. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then that's I, exactly I, what my reaction was. I, you're I a natural healer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then they did my palm reading another day and they're looking at all the lines and the lifelines and the this line and the that. And they're like, oh my gosh, you know, you're such a healer. You've got to go into healing. And and my reaction was this for anyone who's listening. Well, that won't pay the bills. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? That yeah. won't pay lovely. That's lovely, but that won't pay the bills. Got two mouths to feed, house to keep, garden to run, car to run, right? Holidays yeah. to go on. So it's lovely, but but I'll do the day job as well, right? Mm-hmm. So all of that was in the back of my mind. And then I couldn't do the day job, couldn't feed the mouths, couldn't keep the house, couldn't even look after myself, couldn't get out of bed to even wash or brush my teeth. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, okay, let's do the healing then, <laughs> right? Yeah. When I was literally on the bottom. The universe finds a way to get you to... The universe to finds a way to get you to... point to get you into spirituality, right? <laughs> Yeah. So anybody listening, (laughs) if you get that nudge, please take it. You don't need to go all the way down to the bottom to be told again. That's what I say to everyone as well. Yeah. Do not go through what I went through. Just listen. (laughs) Yes. So then I I did. I trained as a Reiki healer and I, you know, and people came to me and I practiced with friends and family. And then I went out to shows and I did more and more. And, um, you know, and then I I got the pregnant women coming and the children coming, you know, and and then I looked into more stuff. And there's all, you know, Kuan Yin and how she healed mothers and children. I did some past life stuff. And they're like, you've been doing this since Saxon times. Right. So there's like no getting away from it. Yep. (laughs) It's just, you just have to give up. (laughs) It's just in another form, in in a form that's relevant for this day and age. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes you do just have to jump in. A lot of what I say to my clients, I think a lot of people are um, scared of going for awakenings because they are scared that it means that you have to change your whole life and walk the spiritual path. Now, with some people, if you choose to do that, yes. So, for example, me and you, um, very, very similar in that way. But they're going through awakening doesn't necessarily mean that you have to suddenly become a healer or a psychic or anything like that. That it's an opening of the heart, it's breaking down of the old, the baggage and the trauma that you've carried for years to get to the most central, the most aligned version of you. And you can choose to do whatever the fuck you want with that. You don't have to answer some big call or channel spirits or do any of the amazing stuff that we're doing. If you want to do that, great. But um, you can just... Do you know I mean, you can go and be a pop star. You can spread light that way. The way I see yeah. light workers is there's there's a million of them out there in banks, in Tesco's. They're that friendly cab driver that makes you feel good for the rest of the day because they played some music. Or the person in Tesco's that, you know, putting your shopping through was really smiley and asked about your day. They're all yeah. light workers. It doesn't yeah. mean that they have to actively be healers or psychics. No. I think that's another misconception out there in the spiritual industry. People are scared of going through awakening or scared of exploring this stuff because they think that it's going to open up some great responsibility to help mankind when you're doing it every day just by walking around <laughs> just the thing walking. is the thing is there's two things to say there uh the, the first one is free will you have free will you yeah. can have a spiritual awakening and you still have free will to live your life exactly as you led it but if you've been spiritually awoken 
you wouldn't quite be doing that, but you can still be going to the same job. You can still be with the same partner. You can still have the same family. But what you're doing is you're taking responsibility to show up for yourself 100%. And for me, that is the biggest form of love that's the biggest thing you can give the people around you is to do that work on yourself, yep. right? Do that work on yourself. It doesn't mean that you're suddenly going to go, that's it, I hate all of you, I'm emigrating to Malaysia and I'm going to sell to, you know, I mean, you might do that, but it doesn't mean you have to do that. You have free will. Yep, 100%. And the same with, uh, I say that again, all the time, free will when it comes to, for example, when you when people do have spirits coming through I come back to that example for a lot just because I know there's a lot of people out there who have had things open up that they're worried they can't turn off again no you can ask it to go away you can turn it off you can stop them you can say no thank you not in this life or not quite yet um, even if the more extreme things open up in your abilities it doesn't mean you have to choose to use them because again it, it, no. it's your choice it is the most highest most sacred thing in the whole world that is absolute is the right to human choice the right to freedom yes. of choice and this is what i told hannah you know who i taught the tarot to i said you know you have to make sure you call in who you want to guide you and you send away who you don't want in that space yeah you choose who's coming to have this conversation with you so right? that's something actually i was i was gonna um i'm glad it came into that bit because i was gonna work that into the conversation of how do you deal with part of what I teach uh, my grown ups <laughs> is protection and boundaries. Now, I do go into specifics. Not everything out there is light and love. When I'm setting boundaries, I do say, for example, um, not to allow any contact from like the Anunnaki, the reptilians, the draconians, all of those kind of bad entities, which I tell people as well, don't Google them, don't invite them in. You don't want to know. Just say no to them. How do you deal with like things like that or um, dealing with a child who's had a bad spirit come through or explaining to them that this is amazing and magical and lovely, but please be careful in a way that doesn't scare the crap out of them and make them have nightmares. <laughs> mm. Well, um, regarding the, uh, the, 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 the pushing away, I mean, I just do it in an easy way that I just say, you know, um, I don't want any lower vibration forces here, right? That's amazing. Rather Love than that. naming them. Um, you know, and then I also say, you know, and I'm sending them away with light and love mm -hmm. because they too can change. Yeah. Right. So that's that's that done. Um, that's so much uh, quicker and easier than my massive thing that I give to my clients to read out. <laughs> that's, that's just done. We're like, that's done then. That's done. Um, when it comes to kids now, it's a tricky one because, you know, I've seen you know, kids who do doodles and stuff. Um, and I mean, I brought up two boys, right? So we were into the whole Spider-Man thing and there's the goodies and there's the baddies. And then some of the Spider-Man baddies are reptilian, right? Yeah. And so if, so, so if kids are just doodling stuff from Spider-Man, they might end up doodling some reptilian things, right? So it's important to, to, to not freak out about it, first of all. Like, I think personally, rather than even going there with the child, because here's the thing, here's the thing, we've got to, we've got to remember that we're still human beings having a human experience. So here's yeah. the little psychological thing. If I say to you and your listeners now, Natty, don't think of a pink elephant. There it is right in front of you, right? Large as the screen. There it is. Now, don't think of a really big pink elephant. Right. Okay. We've enlarged it straight away. But I told you not to think 
of it, right? So if I were to have said to my son, don't draw reptiles, what do you yeah. think he'd be drawing? So it's always about modeling what we do want. So if you've got a child who seems to be uh, kind of drawing that kind of stuff into that kind of stuff, just go outside and look at the other higher vibration stuff. Just bring their attention to listening to the bird song, going and grounding in the garden, looking up at the sun, drawing flowers, like showing them rainbows, listening to high vibrational music. Just lift their vibration without telling them not to do something because yeah. that's giving those things the way in. It's like the, the NLP thing, isn't it, of uh, moving towards something rather than that's it. away from something. See, I love how much crossover there is. Like people think that, the spiritual, I don't know, spiritual teachings or spirituality is just a bunch of waffle and that it doesn't actually hold any weight. When actually, if you look at the crossover between things like NLP and just normal, like inspirational, motivational coaching and people just striving to be their best, like the personal development industry, that is basically the spiritual industry, but we just talk about things in a different way. And we're talking about things on an energetic level. And we also understand the potential of things that can be affected. And we know that nothing's permanent, whereas perhaps in the personal development industry, they, ha they have a lot more, let's say, concrete walls. So with me, when I was doing when I was learning NLP, there was a lot of stuff in there that they would tell you exactly how to do something. And you had to follow a process exactly to the letter. Now, we know as kind of more spiritual, intuitive beings that that person sitting in front of you, um, X, Y and Z doesn't quite fit that because their problems A, B and C. <clears throat> so you take the principles of it and change it. Whereas maybe perhaps a traditional psychologist would not do that because they're working within a set of straight rules. Which and that's that exactly mirrors the education system. You know, this is exactly what's wrong with the current education system, that we've got a set of principles, a set of rules. You go to teaching college to learn how to teach. This is how you introduce something. This is the, 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 the structure. Now, I'm all for structure and planning. I'm all for structure and planning, but it's important to be able to move outside that too. And exactly like you said, you know, you're looking at somebody and they've got a set of ABC problems, and then you're looking at somebody else and they've got BC, but they've suddenly got an N or something, right? Like there's no one size fits all approach. It's really important that we as parents and educators see the uniqueness of every single child that's in front of us, you know? Yeah. And any parent will tell you if they've had more than one child, that even though it's maybe the same genes and the same environment right the same nutrition even right so uh, you know people say oh yeah and no, I breastfed both of mine for two years and they're so different right they've got different allergies they've got different diets they've got different everything they're not the same child their DNA is different right their DNA is different and you know um you know from a spiritual perspective as well you know maybe the whole past life and lineage is different right they've come to you for different reasons so the children you see in front of you are very very different and you can't just be like oh well this worked for John so why isn't it working for Jane well because Jane isn't John that's why it's not working everything that is wrong with the current system do you on that note uh, just jumping to a little bit bigger picture uh, as did have a little chat with the Arcturians before and they wanted me to ask about this with the pandemic and with so many people going into sort of homeschooling and everything 
I've personally seen a lot of people on my Facebook that haven't been sending people back to regular school. They would rather homeschool them. And it got me to wondering whether this is part of that moving out of the age of Capricorn into the age of Aquarius of kind of breaking down those formal roles um, that we are seeing, whether it's going to sort of really reflect in the school system and become sort of more so in the future. What is your take on that? <laughs> mm, well, you know, here's the thing so i run my community the home education hub which is to support any parent who is interested in making sure that their child gets the best education for them so though although i've called it home education it isn't only for people who educate their children at home this could be for forest schoolers no schoolers world schoolers uh right homeschoolers um preschoolers like uh, montessori schoolers wardorf schoolers like there's so many different kinds of education i tell you what's amazing though this is what parents, this is where parents have to take responsibility. Parents can vote with their feet. If you don't like where your child is at, walk out that door and find somewhere else, right? You can do flexi schooling. Parents might go, oh my God, they're lovely, but I can't be at home with them all day, every day. Forget it. I get that. I had very two noisy, bouncy boys, right? It was good to send them somewhere for a bit, Yeah. right? So I get that. You need to look at your own family setup, at the personalities of your children, at what you need to do as a parent, at your work commitments, whether you've got support financially, whether you've got support with a partner or family or friends, everybody's situation is different. And so, you know, you can't say, right, that's it. Um, everybody's got to take their kids out of schools. Schools are rubbish, don't do schools. No, <laughs> yeah. for some people, for some children, schools are their sanctuary. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not saying don't send your child to school. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say though. Your school, your child doesn't need to go to school to learn. Okay. Learning's done on this. Yep. You don't need to go to school to learn. You don't need teachers to learn. Learning doesn't happen just between nine and three on a Monday to Friday. Learning that we have a global classroom that's open 24 seven, right? Yep. You can learn when you're on a walk, you can learn when you go swimming, you can learn when you're having a bath, you can learn when you're playing in a sandpit. You don't have to go to school to learn. So make the learning work for your child, right? This is where parents have been asleep for too many years, 100 years, yeah. and now they're waking up. That's the difference. Yes, the system isn't fit for purpose, but if you have to still use the system, and my boys are still in the system. Oscar's in lower sixth. No yeah. point me taking him out now. He's got one year to go. Poor <laughs> thing, he's been, he's been so systemized since the age of two. That would be cruel now for me to do that. Yeah, yeah. But sure. if I was coming around again, if I was pregnant now, or if I had a one-year-old or two-year-old, and I was thinking, okay, what do I want this to look like? You know, I'd be having a very different conversation about that now because there are options. There is an awareness, right? There are opportunities. And, you know, and then people say, oh, no, but I haven't got the time. I haven't got the money. Like, you know, we can't go down to one income. I need to. No, there's always a way you can build a business. You can have a flexible business. You can do what you want to do. You can be a digital nomad and global school, world school your child. You don't even have to stay in one country for eight, the next 20 years. Right. Back to the fear, doesn't it? The 
pressures of society and the it fear. comes back to having a clear vision is what it comes back to what will you not tolerate and what do you desire that's yeah. what it comes back to yeah i think every parent listening should 100 percent take uh take notice of that i think there's far too much of people living in a with that kind of ceiling mentality on the head of this is what you do because it's how it's always been done and there is no other way of doing it so i'm just going to do it how it's always been done without actually questioning why they're doing it like that and if there's a better way and if there's a better way something that would benefit them and their children more exactly. i definitely yes. think that yeah yes <laughs> i've got i've got a, a series of interviews um called the homeschooling diaries uh, which is where I've had conversations with mums who've been in this position of, oh my God, I don't want my child to stay at school. They're really not thriving there. They've done so much better during lockdown. I want to take them out, but what do I do? And this towing and throwing and the partner's not on board and the money and the time and I'm not a good enough teacher and all these conversations that go around in their head. Got a whole list of interviews with mums who've been through exactly that. So if anybody wants to reach out to me and, uh, you know, get, get that, if that helps them to know from people who've literally gone through that same thought process, then, um, uh, you know that that's all there yeah for sure I've put all your I'll put all your contact details on the podcast and on YouTube and we'll go over them as well at the end just so that anyone listening who wants to maybe has a gifted child who would like some help with them developing their gifts or someone who like we've sparked kind of resonated with people and they're in that stage of my kid did better in lockdown and school is not doing them any favors with the level of anxiety and, and all the other stuff that kids poor kids have to deal with at the moment my heart literally really feels from that it's horrendous that maybe they can get in touch and um have their kind of awareness open that there are better ways out there um, yeah i mean yeah. especially the introverts the empaths the intuitives those children they did much better at, in lockdown they did much better, you know, without all the noise, without all the ego, without all the hands up, me, 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 the competition, mm -hmm. the he who shouts loudest get heard. They didn't, like, they're like, oh, thank God, we don't have to go back to that place. They can just get on with their work. <laughs> they can just get on with their work. They can play. They can daydream. Yeah. They can be creative. They can be quiet. They can listen to music. They can have a nice conversation with an adult who can hear them. <laughs> yeah I mean there's something to be said so for... much stuff that you just don't think about when you're outside of that do you know what I mean outside, obviously I'm not a mom so when you're outside of that reality but when you think about actually how many differences we do have as adults and how many differences we have with children no wonder there's so many kids that just don't do well at school it doesn't mean that they're not intelligent um or they're and that's the other thing the the guilt that gets loaded on children because they can't pass the fucking sats um because they they don't learn that way or they do you know what i mean they couldn't concentrate at the time or whatever that they then carry around this number with them for the rest of their life and they're labeled as stupid they start to think they're stupid oh thank yes. exactly <laughs> all of that stuff man but exactly this is now i mean as i said the world's waking up things are changing, we're coming into this new age where people are starting to understand and be more aware of this and, and things are changing. Perhaps and this is how, but... this is, yeah, this is how we change the paradigm, right? It starts from our own awareness and it starts in the home, right? Regardless of schools being X, Y, Z, whatever you think they are, like even if your child's coming home, be mindful. I just put this on LinkedIn today. Be really mindful how you are rewarding your child's success. Be really mindful about saying, well, if you work hard, you'll get the grades right like no because we just we're yeah. all suffering from burnout 
<laughs> yeah. right? No, forget that if you work hard, you get the grades. If you work smart, you can get the grades more easily, yeah, right? Think about rest. that right? Yeah. Okay, think about showing your children a work-life balance. Think about showing your children, so in my core curriculum, for example, I've got nutrition, financial literacy as two of the things, right? Yeah. This is where it's at. Yeah, 100%. I, I can't believe that they don't teach, like, finance and business in do you know what I mean just basic basic how to manage your money from yeah. a young age because yeah, I mean I, I think I, we can look at the at what as a collective we're all fucking up on as adults <laughs> and reflect that back to okay where did this come from as a child and let's change it on, yeah. on a wide level yeah. so that we're not in such a, a, a crap situation exactly. that we might be with our exactly. finances or our mental health yeah, um, and and you know obesity, childhood obesity is on the rise. I mean, it's it's terrifying, and yeah. so you know that nutrition piece is absolutely crucial. And I loved it when my boys came to me when they were older, and Alex used to make his food, and he'd have you know salmon and vegetables and tofu and this and that, and I'd be like, oh Alex, that looks really nice, you know. And then my other one would be like, oh I just want a pizza, you know. And it's like, oh. <laughs> you know so it's all about easy. balance in it <laughs> yeah the nutrition piece isn't easy but I think again if we start children off early it's better I spoke to my stepdaughter she's 14 I said do they teach anything about nutrition in school because I was talking about curly kale and leafy greens giving you iron and all of that and she's like oh no I haven't learned any of that and it's like my god you're 14 you still don't know about curly kale and leafy greens like this is really bad right yeah. so you know, that nutrition piece is important. That financial literacy piece is important. The emotional literacy piece is even more important. Yeah. You know? and all of the stuff that, I mean, I didn't get taught any of that as a child. I remember when I first developed, uh, discovered, well, kind of all of it at once. When I went through my first big change and stopped getting smashed every weekend because I was I'd completely ruined my body, my mental state and everything. And I discovered personal development. I joined a nutrition company and started learning about that. And suddenly my illnesses went away. I came up all my medication. I didn't have to have my injections anymore. I didn't cry every day anymore. I felt like everything was possible. I wasn't just trapped in my own little head. And all of those things could have been given to me at school and could yeah. have avoided essentially 10 years of shit, shitty pain. The thing is, even if you, for some reason, for some karmic reason or for some lesson reason, you would have had to have gone through the pain, mm -hmm. what I'm hoping I'm not saying to children, I'm just giving them like a fast track to, to, to being fully potentialized, right? We only get that way by going around the houses, but yeah. it's that bounce back ability. It's having the tools in the toolbox, even if you've forgotten about them and it's going, oh, actually, do you know what? I remember now about doing those stretches and how that moves the energy around my body and how I can, uh, you know, release these negative feelings. And so you do that for a few days and you bounce back quicker right you yeah. might go on holiday and have a binge and drink loads of cocktails and go clubbing and eat loads of fast food but when you come back you go do you know what oh my body doesn't feel quite right I don't feel like I have had a holiday I need to detox I need to look after myself because you're aware of it you're so let's yeah. do these things but what these tools give you is this bounce back ability is this I know how to get back on track with my mental health my physical health my emotional health my spiritual health and it's absolutely up to everybody to take that responsibility and for children it's up to the parents to show them the way so that they can take responsibility when they can start making those decisions for themselves yeah uh, I really like as well that you 
um, that you, the things that you do in your curriculum, you take it like well-rounded. So you do like the mental side, the emotional side, the, the physical stuff of looking after body and the spiritual side. So it's all of it mixed in. So it's not just, I know that I came on with the angle today of I was really interested in kids and spirituality, but that's not just what you do. You don't just take them down one path. It's all of the different things. I think it's really, really important for kids to learn about spirituality. It doesn't have to be labeled that way. Um, and it doesn't have to be by itself. It goes along hand in hand with looking after your mental state, looking after your emotions and your physical body as well. So I think it is, it's really important. It's just another string to, to the bow that yeah. uh, for some reason or other doesn't seem to be getting noticed or seems to be getting pushed aside as woo woo yeah. and bollocks and yeah. all of that, which is exactly yeah. why I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah yeah and here's the thing for parents who really want their children to succeed and get the grades and all of that here's the thing here's the kicker this is the thing natalie natalie that i have literally turned upside down this is the way that i am redefining education is by putting that emotional piece and the spiritual piece first right yeah. what everybody's been looking at for the last hundred years is the top of the iceberg where the academic success comes and it's like well done you got this you got this you got this you got this degree you got this masters you got this whatever you've got like who cares what you've got like not I'm even interested right? right? yeah. so but but if we turn it the other way around and if we do right like is my has my child got tools in their toolkit to be happy to be resilient to have perseverance have they got tools in their toolkit to actually um rely not look outside for uh praise but to actually internalize how they're making progress what they feel is successful right have they got tools in their toolkit to fail forwards to appreciate that you need to fail and stand up and try again to make progress right have we got all of those things in place have they got the breathing in place have they got the quiet time in place do they understand that there's all these different dimensions going on at any one time and then do they actually know what their attributes are their gifts their talents what makes them happy where they can be in flow right where they yeah. can be mindfully just getting on with something because if you can do that then you get the academic success it comes easily you yeah. don't have to try because it's sense. totally in alignment with everything else yeah that 100 percent makes sense i absolutely love that i wish that i knew you when i was a child <laughs> i had all this in school because oh my god just the 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 struggle that people go through at school and that thing of like you're not happy within yourself especially when you're a teenager and you're dealing with hormones and everything as well because you're not taught of any of that everything feels like a struggle everything yeah. feels difficult everything it is that round peg square hole thing and it's every fucking day and if you yeah. figure out like you said how to get in alignment with yourself how yeah. to kind of feel joy and peace within yourself and how to get into flow getting in flow is the most important thing yeah they don't teach you that they're like what what is flow this is your schedule this is how you work do it until you're dead <laughs> yeah yeah right. you know, yeah and the thing is it cracks me up natty i mean anybody who's been a teenager which is going to be the majority of our listeners like did you ever learn anything in the morning no right yeah. teenagers brains don't start working till about 12 o'clock in the day why the hell are they even going to school for the first three hours i was in the toilets having cigarettes i reckon yeah that's just <laughs> that's just wasting everybody's time let's be honest right yeah. so, you know we're not tapping into the natural way of things and when i work with teens and i help them to schedule timetables to revise which is about as grounded as you can get 
I still talk about their biorhythms, their natural peaks and troughs in the day, when their brain is most active, when they can do high functioning work, when they need to do low level activities. And then, although it's boring and for a reason, and you're still around peg in a square hole, around a square peg in a round hole, <laughs> you, at least you're in flow with your day. At least you're like, do you know what? I'm going to get up late. I'm going to have a nice bath. I'm going to go walk the dog. I'm going to go on social media. I'm going to have a little chat with my friends. And then I'm going to start doing work. And then I'm going to have another little break later on. And then it's like, actually, this is going to be okay. I can get through it. And it's having the permission as well, giving, letting them know from a young age. Again, another thing that fucks us up as adults, like giving them permission that it's okay if you get up in the morning and you don't feel like working, don't force it. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Don't force it and don't have that guilt and that judgment that we all have. I, I certainly suffer from this and it's an ongoing uh, kind of thing that I'm learning to when I have plans to do work. If I wake up and I'm really not feeling it that day, I will still try and push on with it. Or if I don't, I will still have some element of guilt. I'll have to sit there and tell myself off. And if I really don't listen, I'll get a migraine. <laughs> yeah. If I'm trying to push through, I'll get a migraine. And this is what they're all getting sick, 12 from a young age that... This is what you do. This is the period that you work between. You just suck it up. That phrase yeah. of sucking it up and getting on with it and, and all yeah. of that that we just need to go and undo. <laughs> we do. There's a fine balance between using that as an excuse and just giving up and not doing it and actually yeah. having the resilience and the perseverance to try another way, right? So I guess that's where the alignment comes in there, isn't that's it? That's right. That's right. And also knowing yourself, like there's no way I know I wouldn't try to have like um, an onboarding call or um, a difficult conversation around two o'clock in the afternoon. I just wouldn't even schedule it in. I just say, I'm really sorry, I can't do it that day. Can we do it another day? That's not my day for having high level conversations. My brain doesn't work. I have to go for a walk then. Or like, if it's rainy, I do the filing or the hoovering, right? Something yeah. boring, something physical and mundane. I cannot make my brain work then. So if you know that that's what you're like, you won't even be in that situation because you wouldn't have scheduled in that kind of work for that kind of time. Yep, exactly. And that is something I've, I've been desperately trying to learn since my awakening 18 months ago, because I've always just done personal development business books, marketing books, which is time management, time management, time management, rather than energy management. Energy. Um, so I'm having to undo all of that learning. And yeah. now I'm, I'm pretty much there now. But last year, especially during lockdown, uh, was it was very, very difficult. I was constantly kind of telling myself off for being lazy or not working hard enough. And, and yeah, constant scheduling things in and then getting to 10 minutes before and I've got really bad anxiety and I'm, I'm like what is going on it's because it's the wrong time of day or it wasn't That's the right it. day or I said yes when I should have said no and all That's of those it. things that again being in alignment and just knowing yourself That's it. should be the base most basic thing that every human should learn and actually actually children do know this they do this naturally yeah it's us as parents that are going no you need to eat now and then in the next breath, 20 years down the line, when we've got had anorexia, bulimia, self-harming, body dysmorphia, we're trying to teach ourselves to stop eating when we're full. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot that needs, <laughs> there's a lot that needs like, rejigging. Your kid's telling you they're not hungry. Why yeah. are you trying to feed them? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's maybe there's a lot. There is a lot, I think. But I have full faith that you will be correcting this one child at a time. <laughs> one child at a time. One family at a time. Absolutely. Go and shine your light on the world. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And you know, we can all do this together. You know, you know, when one person rises, we all rise, right? This conversation, like whoever hears this conversation, you know, gratitude to you for listening in our, our crazy ramblings because <laughs> you might be the person who makes a difference in your family, in your children, who make a difference later on 20 years down the line in the world, right? So I have no idea how far that little spark of thought or that one action will go. I absolutely love that butterfly effect. It goes all the way around the world. Um, is there anything else before we finish up? Is there anything that you would like to finish up with? I would love to know where we can find you, how we can get in contact with you um, and also any other sort of courses, books, anything that you want to just plug in there at the end uh, because you are fucking amazing and it deserves <laughs> to be heard. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you, darling. Uh, the easiest place really is to go to uh, switchedonglobal.com. There's free trainings on there. There's access to my uh, home education hub in there. There's links to book a call with me in there. So that's the easiest place. Um, the courses that I'm running um, over the summer, I'm doing a meditation, mindset and movement course for kids, which I'm really excited about. Um, collaborating with a yoga teacher on that. It's going to be beautiful. I'm doing a little author's big ideas writing quest, which is totally awesome, where children That's go fun. from piece of paper to a book that is published in just seven days so yeah if you are up for a writing quest we can do that they go back to school going look what i did um so that's very exciting and then i'm also doing a starting secondary school with a smile workshop for those children who are transitioning up into year seven who haven't had the support from their schools from the primary schools or the secondary schools who've had to do virtual tours, who haven't been able to practice going on the bus and all of that because of COVID, high levels of social anxiety right now. So anybody who's in that situation, please just reach out and we will get your children school ready. Ah, that's amazing, dude. You literally are superwoman. <laughs> literally so much amazing things. Thank you so, so much for coming on my podcast. Um, and I will be sharing the crap out of all of your links and everything all over my social media as well. So guys, look out for that. And yeah, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And I'm sure I'll speak to you again soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Take care. Bye. <laughs>